My whole life, I've dreamt about being dead. One thing I've learned since then, life has a really fucked up way of making your dreams come true. Hey everybody, welcome back to the channel. Warrior Nun premiered on July 2nd, and it was an immediate hit, quickly becoming the most watched series on Netflix for the entire month of July. So what did it get right? How did a niche audience fantasy show based on a manga comic from the late 90s outperform nearly every other piece of content on the world's largest streaming platform? Today, let's find out. First off, this show has a very unique concept that grabs your attention before you've even seen a single frame. In fact, it only needs two words to grab your attention. Warrior None. The title itself seems a bit of an oxymoron and begs for further explanation and exploration. And the show's logline only makes it more interesting. It reads, After waking up in a morgue, an orphan teen discovers that she now possesses superpowers as the chosen halo bearer for a secret sect of demon hunting nuns. Now this only makes the show more intriguing leading to its high watch volume. The title, logline, and synopsis are the first keys to making this show a must-watch for its audience. We still don't know any specifics about the show, but the audience is already on the hook with just the basics of the type of show this will be. We already know that it's set in a unique world, exploring topics, themes, and storylines that are rarely touched upon in television with things including resurrection, superpowers, and of course, demon-hunting nuns. At this point, all the pilot episode has to do is deliver on its promise of the premise, to give the audience a reason to stay for the next nine episodes. And it did just that, keeping the viewer engaged and begging for more at every turn. The pilot episode built up the show in three very unique and important aspects. The world, the characters, and the mystery. Most of us are familiar with the church and the role of nuns, even if you're not particularly religious. I'm not an expert on the subject, but I'm pretty sure they don't wield shotguns and rifles, train in martial arts, or carry halos in their backs. This in itself is the largest draw of this show. Before we truly get introduced to any of the characters, we're introduced to the secret society at the center of the story, and it's too enticing to not be explored more. Taking place just adjacent to the normal world and everything we know is an alternative reality just outside of our view. And like the main character, the audience is just thrown into the deep end. This story takes something as well known as the Catholic Church and adds layers underneath to create a world and environment that's both fantastical, yet grounded enough to be as realistic as possible. Supernatural abilities, demons, and warriors to fight those demons aren't too far out of the reach for a story about divinity. Just think about any number of stories from the Bible. This show just kicks it up a notch to another level. The pilot episode opens on a couple of very interesting characters. First off, there's the nun who brings in a dead orphan, but refuses to say how she died while also disparaging the girl that used to be. 
It's very odd behavior for a pious servant of the Lord, and immediately creates an air of mystery surrounding both her and the deceased. She will burn like those who spawned her. And then there's the dead girl on the table. A paraplegic orphan who died under mysterious circumstances. A girl who used to wish that she was already dead. The audience is immediately made to have sympathy for her, even more so when she gets brought back to life and has to learn to walk while also watching a nun get murdered as the first thing she sees after having been dead only moments earlier. We're also introduced to a group of women clad in black, brandishing automatic weapons, and watch as they discuss having to kill one of their own, right before pulling a glowing halo from her back. There are some stories where we like the characters, and some where we have empathy for them while also feeling deep distress for their situation. These latter two things often work hand in hand as we tend to feel more connected with characters we feel empathy towards, instinctively rooting them on to succeed. And while empathy connects the audience to characters, feeling distress makes us worry about them. And before the first sequence of this episode is over, the show has already wounded several characters, killed two, and brought another back to life as she helplessly flails around. There's nothing but distress in the first 10 minutes before the title card is even shown. And the show has overloaded the audience with reasons to care about these characters before we even know who they are. And now we need to know more about them and their journey through the story. Moving forward in this episode, we stick mostly with Ava as she's readjusting to being alive again and tries to figure out what's happening to her. We also get to learn a little bit more about her past, but not enough to fully understand her circumstances. But even more interesting is what happens when she decides to move forward with her life. What do you do when you die and come back to a world where nobody misses you? It's impossible to predict what will happen next, and so we get to sit back and enjoy the unpredictability of what's about to happen. The final point that made this series so good was its mystery. The pilot episode is basically a bunch of little mysteries wrapped up in another giant mystery. We've already touched on the idea of the secret society of demon-fighting nuns. That in itself provides plenty of content to be mined. But to add another layer of mystery are the demons we were promised. The show never gives us a clear look at them except for the quick glimpse at the very end, but even that isn't a full reveal. Most of the episode is spent following a vapor trail that only a single character can see. However, these were just enough to bring up more questions that could only be answered in upcoming episodes. They weren't cliffhangers, but they kind of elicit the same desired response. The need to watch more to know what's going to happen next. Like what happens when a previously dead girl learns how to use the divine object in her body? Or what will the people and demons do next in their search for said divine object? Everything in the pilot episode had a purpose and worked to create a deeply intriguing story that has the viewers begging to know more at every turn. It answers any original questions the viewers may have had going in, 
but then exceeded expectations by asking so many more to be answered in the future. We get a good idea of the overall tone and storylines, but there's still so much to be explored with these characters moving forward. We have no idea what will happen next, and it's that unpredictability that makes the viewer want to keep watching. We never get complacent because the story keeps moving forward in new and unexpected ways, and it leaves us constantly wondering what will happen next to our characters in this strange world. By the end of the pilot, the viewer virtually has no choice but to continue watching the series to find out what happens next. It's hardly a debate of whether you should stay up watching another episode or get an extra hour of sleep. Warrior Nun only needed its pilot episode, the first 40 minutes, to hook millions of viewers and shoot it to the top of Netflix's metrics by the end of the weekend, hold that number one spot on the platform all month long, and score a second season order shortly after. Were you one of the millions who binge-watched Warrior Nun on Netflix? If so, what are your thoughts on the show? And if you didn't, why not? Let me know in the comments below. I'm always interested to hear your guys' opinions. Now, if this is your first time here, be sure to subscribe. We've got new videos coming out every Friday. But in the meantime, have a great day, and don't forget to watch a great show. Bye.